down from an undisclosed location. You are now tuned in to the Xander Effect with host Xander Dane. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames, alongside with me, actor Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how's it going, man? Doing great, Caramel Bear. Nice. Oh, that's so cute. I love you. <laughs> Anyways, you have now joined the show that uh, pretty much uh, informs you of entertainment, sports, and video game news, and also showcases some of uh, the world's very talented uh, musical artists. And I get, you know, of course, we have those wonderful interviews with great people. In entertainment news, the West Wing is uh, making a comeback for the 2020 elections on HBO Max. We'll talk a little bit about that. In sports, Dana White reveals UFC Hotel. We'll talk a little bit about that. And in video game news, Mafia Definitive Edition gets its uh, uh, gets a, a, a kind of a preview of what the game's got going on, graphics and all. Plus, I had the opportunity to interview uh, two incredible people that are cancer survivors. They talk about uh, how they survived the, the dreaded illness and how they have accomplished so many things. I have with me uh, today guest Bruno Campos and uh, Davi Davenport of Real Talk, Real Women Live and the men who serve them. But first, here is Laced in Blues, Do What I Want, right here on The Xander Effect.
Yo. 
streets hours to make that money hurry. I'm in the whip and whipping semi sauce of Steph Curry. I drift so much if you can stand this dripping automatic. Yeah, I'm from the land. Fuck with the one with the bag. Fucking it up on the land. Roll it up. Roll it up. It's chefing up. Cooking and cooking that hard white girl. Smoke too much. Gone off the bomb shit. Faded bottom conscious. Big food at the conference. Benny on the whip game. Robin got they main bitch watching. Yeah, big team. 
That was actually a side entertainment news report. I'm, I've been interested since the beginning. I mean, I have to say, I really like what they did with bringing the characters back, the angle they took on doing the show again, and having had a lot to do with the different people, you know, who were in many different Karate Kid films. It's good to see them getting back to those characters, doing such a great job and bringing back these characters that we all loved so much. Yeah, and and like I said, the the show itself uh, that they did, they they went a very interesting way because they 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 reversed the roles of both the main characters, um, and it you know this time Daniel uh, is is the rich kid, and then. Um, uh, the other, the other, his rival is actually the poor one now. Uh, so they switch roles, and it's a very interesting role reversal that caught me off guard. I was like, "Wait a minute!" Well, so, in a sense, I have to ask you: Have you have you seen the fan theory that has been around for quite a while now about how Daniel's the real the bully guy. of yeah, Karate I, Kid? I saw that. I, I have to believe that the angle they took on this came from that idea. Yeah, I have to believe that. It's possible. The, the original fan theory, if you if you watch back in the way that they show it, Daniel actually antagonizes him in a lot of situations. Antagonizes, yep. you know, and get it in a very specific way. It can be shown that Daniel was really the one kind of bullying him and bringing all this drama and fighting to the to the situation um it's a fan theory that was literally floated around for 15 years or more and before this show even came out and i just in development i have to believe they had heard that and thought "Mm, intriguing idea maybe we can play with that you know when they were thinking up with this reboot and if you think about it like if you really think about it just look at the very beginning of of the the very first scene where daniel meets the uh, supposed uh, bully and he's the, he's the one that like he he told him he's like don't pick up the radio just leave the radio where it's at and Daniel just kept on picking it up to antagonize him you know just to, and he's like dude I told you to leave it alone the guy you know and it's and it just go and it escalated from there in other entertainment news the West Wing reunion special set uh, at HBO Max uh, to promote voting in 2020 election um, I'm actually happy about this uh, it's gonna be called a West Wing special to benefit when we all vote and uh, all the original cast members are coming back. Rob Lowe, Dual Hill, Allison Janney, uh, Janelle Maloney, Richard Scheif, uh, I'm sorry, Schiff, uh, Bradley Whitford and Martin Sheen playing, you know, the former president of the United States. And, uh, you know, Aaron Sorkin did an amazing job creating and writing this show. I mean, Aaron Sorkin's a freaking, you know, brilliant writer. And the way, like, it, it, it was so complex Complex. Uh, many people, uh, you know, saw it and they're like, "Wow, this is this is everything a president of the United States goes through on a daily basis." And I just and and of course, it wasn't just about the president; it was about his staff. Uh, and it, you know, they're. Uh, 
the way they did this was just amazing. I, I love the show. I was very sorry to see it end, but of course, you know, like every presidency has to end. So did the show because it was going by what the president was going through. And uh, they ended it very well, but I don't know. It just felt unfinished somehow when I saw it. I was like, you know, it's it's a great ending, but it just seems it just seems unfinished. So many different relationships were formed. We don't know what what happens to them. Like most shows, like most shows, when they end, you want to know what happens after with all these lovable characters that we've got that we've grown to love over the years. So I'm really excited to go ahead and uh, and check out the new West Wing. What do you guys think? I got into it because uh, my stepdad was doing extra work on the show and I just tuned in to see him and really fell in love with it. Uh, brilliant acting, brilliant writing. I mean, you can't say enough about Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I really look forward to when you have a smart team, really smart actors who you know are not going to sign on to something that's a joke. I really look forward to this. Yeah. I mean, they're, I, I think mean, they'll take it seriously. I mean, an HBO is also bringing back uh, a Friends reunion as well, but it's not going to be what everybody believes, which they should have done that. They should have done like a, a, a special episode of Friends where they bring them back and see where, you know, Joey, Chandler, Monica, Phoebe, you know, Ross. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to the West Wing. Listen, look, I, I, I'm wondering how all the characters are going to be. That's my main curiosity is to see exactly where all the characters stand today because they kind of did something like that as far as uh, with the last episode they kind of uh, did like a, like a, at the very beginning of this last season they did kind of uh, you know uh, what happened four years or eight years after the new president was elected and uh, it was a very interesting take on it and that's how they started the last season and they ended it with what happened you know eight years later all these different characters are in different places and it's very interesting so looking forward to that so we'll see we'll definitely see what happens uh you know with that one coming up in on hbo max in other entertainment news hugh jackman actually uh has been playfully feuding with ryan reynolds which that feud is freaking hilarious it's actually just as funny as jimmy kimmel and matt damon's feud um but uh he had nothing bad to say about uh, ryan reynolds's wife uh blake lively uh she uh you know basically had her um you know uh his, he discussed his love uh, for his uh, faux enemy's wife on her 33rd birthday by saying, quote, I love her. I want to be uh, really clear. Blake is amazing. I don't know how that happened, but still, she is flawless. Uh, to think of what she had to put up with, let's just think COVID with Ryan. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I just hope more than anything that she is on her own with her friends just really enjoying the day. So it's been going on for years, uh, dating back to when Ryan first got involved with X-Men and yeah. yeah it's it's been going on for quite some time and they have a great back and forth going although I have to say I think Matt Damon and Jimmy Kimmel still take the cake especially after the Sarah Silverman song oh yeah no that's <laughs> yeah. that was hilarious no that, that it, means, it just doesn't get any more cold-blooded <laughs> I mean I'd love to see a rival off <laughs> I'd love to see oh, a rivalry yeah. to see exactly who would win the rivalry, you know, like the, the best rivalry. I mean, yeah, get all four, get all four of them on. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you see, you, I mean, 
Ryan has included uh, talking about his enemy on even his movies in Deadpool because that's just oh my god their 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 rivalry is just hilarious. But you're right, you're right, Jeremy. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's and Matt Damon's. I mean, you know, Matt Damon is still wasn't he the father of Jimmy Kimmel's uh, child, like with his wife or something like that? They had that going on. Oh, they went they went so far with so many different things. <laughs> And even but, during the COVID crisis, you see Jim McKimmel was in quarantine for about a month with, with uh, I'm sorry, uh, Matt Damon was in quarantine for about a month with Jimmy Kimmel's wife in the room. And he just walks out of the room and he's like, what the hell are you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> he's walking out with the row and everything. It's hilarious. I swear, dude, these rivalries are just too damn funny. And uh, but I mean, it's so it's so cool that it's all fun and jokes and everything. They have great sense of humor with one another. And even, you know what, even Blake lively kind of goes ahead and roasts her husband from time to time as well so it's it's almost like ryan asks for it it's like the guy just asks to be roasted all the time i mean one of the things that i remember the most is a christmas uh picture that they took on instagram uh with uh with <laughs> with with um ryan reynolds hugh jackman and jake gyllenhaal and how ryan thought it was supposed to be an ugly sweater party and he's the only one wearing the ugly sweater while hugh Jack- <laughs> jake gyllenhaal are standing next to each other laughing and pointing at a very serious ryan reynolds in an ugly sweater <laughs> I like these guys are so messed up, but I love watching these rivalries. I just love watching it to see what happens next, how far they're going to take it next. So, but uh, yeah, so uh, but Hugh Jackman had nothing but wonderful things to talk about uh, when it came to Blake Lively. So good, good for him on that. In other entertainment news, Bette Midler goes after Melania Trump and basically calls her illegal alien with bad English. Now, obviously, we all know that the, the Republican National Convention is ongoing. It's still going on right now. I think uh, I believe tomorrow is the last day of it. Today they introduced the vice president and tomorrow uh, they introduced the president and everything. So um, to, uh, last night, Melania went ahead. She was the final speaker uh, to close out uh, yesterday's RNC and uh, she's very eloquent. I, I saw the speech. She was very eloquent, but apparently uh, she got the attention of a very upset Bette Midler. Uh, Bette went on uh, Twitter tirade and said, quote, oh, God, she still can't speak English. She said, quote, hashtag the best is back. A huge bore. She can speak several words in a few languages. Get that illegal alien off the stage. And another one that said, quote, Melania lacks warmth so severely that I just had to turn my AC down. <laughs> that went off. Like, That's just pretty brutal. I mean, I have to say, when you have made it a point to be a, you know, kind of social justice warrior, be very vocal about all these things, so outspoken about it, to turn around and berate somebody for, you know, being an immigrant or, I mean, the fact she chose those two things to make a point of is a bit of an issue. I mean, in all honesty, who really does speak good English? seriously is here trying to say yeah i speaks good english it's like no you don't come on i i, I learned english very very goodly 
exactly, exactly my point. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Bette Midler, for her to say that, I mean, for somebody that is so against Trump and how, uh, you know, he's allegedly racist and how he's, you know, trying to keep uh, illegal immigrants out of the country and everything like that, for her to go after somebody, you know, that uh, not of this country as well, kind of makes you think, wait a minute, hold, hold on a second. You are a little hypocritical. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're going after somebody that's like that and you're like that. Well, unfortunately, that's politics nowadays. It's all become the personal attack. Yeah. It's just it's what makes politics so disgusting and why so, most people are so turned off with it nowadays. It's getting ugly out there. So go vote, please. We we need that. We need to like come to some sort of a end game already with this whole mess. Uh, anyways, in other entertainment news, I had the opportunity to interview two incredible individuals that uh, surpassed uh, a, a vicious illness that is pretty much taking the lives of so many people uh, on this planet, uh, cancer. And uh, they had an incredible story to talk about as far as their accomplishments, what they're doing doing right now and what they're doing moving forward into the future. But first, here are the Pond Hawks, Fire Eyes, right here on the Xander Effect. This is it. You're on the air. Nice.
So on the Xander effect, I have two incredible human beings on the show today. I have actor uh, and a cancer survivor. Actually, they're both cancer survivors. Uh, but first, uh, I have Bruno G. Campos on the show. And I also have uh, Dobby Davenport. How are you guys doing today? What's Great. up, Xander? Hey. What's going on, man? How are you? Another beautiful day in paradise here in Southern California, especially right now since it's like I'm melting over here. I'm telling you this right now. It is not fun days of summer. I'll tell you that right now. Dude, you better not be complaining about that weather. I'm out in Chicago right now for a couple months. I've been out here for a couple months, and I'm getting out of here before the snow starts. So you're out there complaining about that heat, babe. We're going to be having snow here soon. Trust me, it'll be freezing. Hey, you know what, though? I mean, here's the thing. You at least live in a state where you could actually see the seasons roll. Over here, it's summer all the freaking time. And, ah, you think I'd be thinner. You think I'd be in, in, in total fit shape like Bruno is. But, no, I'm still fat and sweaty. How about that? Hey, let me tell you something, okay? I was living in Chicago for most of my life. And then, yes, the seasons, you can see the seasons, but you can also feel them. I'm telling you, my birthday's in January. It was negative 11 degrees. I said, you know what? I'd rather sleep on a park bench in sunny California than freeze another winter in Chicago. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that one. I w- I'm not see. I'm I'm Latino, so the, I'm a tropical guy. You know, I can't too. I can't do too cold either. I mean, where, why can't we just find a nice, easy place where you you could just have all the beautiful the beautifulness of the seasons instead of all the crappiness of the seasons? <laughs> you can. Yeah, well, you know. will let you. Oh man. Uh, well, besides the weather, I mean, I'm glad that to have both of you on here. You you. Both both are actually uh, part of Real Talk, Real Women Live, and the men who serve them on an absolutely uh, incredible podcast that, uh, that Davi, you are actually the executive producer and creator of this concept. I mean, you know, how did you come up with this concept to begin with? You know what, Xander, thanks for asking. In 2009, I've been in the media industry since the late 90s. And in 2009, I created Real Talk, Real Women and had a great group. We did it actually in one of the major television stations here in Chicago and super exciting. I lost my mother like just shortly before that Mm -hmm. and just decided that I needed a change. We had done a lot of things. We had BET sponsored us, a lot of other positivity, interviewed some of the top celebrities around just great fun. Fast forward, move out to LA, stay out there, come back home in December. And I reached out to everyone. And actually I live by coastally. I live between LA and Chicago now mm-hmm. and reached out to some of the people that I know were amazing. Bruno was on the top of the list for me, for just people that I knew that I wanted in the show. And this time we decided let's do something different because I do consult with some executives that are in the industry. And we thought real talk, real women lie because we wanted real excitement. And then the pandemic came along and we're like, okay, we can do this thing virtually. We can connect with people all over. We don't have to all be in the same studio together. And then it became Real Talk, Real Women Live and the men who serve them. And people always ask, what do you mean by serve? I go, well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> her, her show had mad controversy. I, I could imagine. I could imagine when I, when I first heard it, I was like, well, I don't mind serving a woman. I mean, I'm perfectly okay <laughs> with doing that. That's perfectly fine. But what exactly do you mean by that? So. <laughs> I know everybody says like, like one guy is like, what's one guy's like, I don't like the word serve. It should be support. I go, well, you're not the producer of the show, but okay. 
<laughs> like, you create sir. your own show, you can do whatever you want. Exactly, dude. You know what? That is that is a damn good point because here on the Xander Effect, I created it. I do whatever the hell I want, and I love doing it. You know, I mean, that's the whole point of not being under the thumb of anybody per se. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Dottie, you you you've come from this industry. You you've been in the entertainment industry. I mean, if I were to go ahead and list your accolades, my God, we would be here forever. I mean, you're trying to make me sound old, Xander. Wait a minute, Frankie's like, we'd be here forever. Not abs. No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, it's more of the along the lines of the wisdom that you carry with you. I mean, you have been. I mean, you have been, you've been a real estate business owner, which by the way, I sympathize. I was a real estate agent myself for many years. So I, I wow. know what it's all about, um, sure. you know, you've been a national coach uh, with 18 years in the business, radio and television executive producer and host with 25 years in that business, motivational speaker. I'm already getting winded just with this list. <laughs> okay. This is a lot. So to say that you have experience in this industry would be an understatement. You know what's exciting, really? Like, and when you think, when I think about all that, I think about when I come in contact with people like Bruno. And, you know, being in this industry, I've had the opportunity of meeting so many amazing people that are in the entertainment industry, in the media industry. I was reflecting the other day on the first day that I met Bruno. He was performing at the Bobby Chang studio. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I met Bruno and he was there. He was on the stage. He was incredible. And it just makes me think of the 25 years of experience and when you see real talent. And I see Bruno and I go, wait a minute. At the end, he said, everybody said, well, tell everybody where you're from. And he said, I'm from Chicago. I go, oh, my God. You know, Uh, brother, right there. That's where it started. That's exactly where it started right there. And Bruno, I mean, you you have you. You are an incredible talent. I got to tell you that much right now. I've gone. That's actually how I met Bruno myself. I met him at Bobby Chance's studio when he was doing. uh, Wow. I met him there as well. And I was blown away by his performance. He's an incredible actor. and he's, you know, but the thing, the thing that I admire about you, Bruno, is that all the things that you have gone through, I mean, you are a single parent, but yeah. you know, while you're a single parent, you also developed cancer. And that is yeah. something that is not easy for anybody. I mean, here you are trying to raise a beautiful little girl. Cause I know you have a daughter, uh, yes. you know, you're trying to raise this beautiful little girl while you're yeah. going through your own trials and tribulations. And Davi, you were, you were in this, in that same type of journey. Same as well. thing. My son, yeah, my son yeah. was five years old when I was diagnosed with cancer. Like I was five years old, didn't know what was going on. I was doing great. I was living in LA again at that time, doing fantastic in the media industry, doing a major radio show, just total excitement. And I couldn't have a bowel movement. And I kept going back and forth to the doctor and they still were, they were sending me home every time to say, Oh, nothing's wrong. And I have a huge personality. So I'm like, I'm still trying to wing it through all this, wing it through all this. And then finally I go to the hospital. I, I was going to see and everywhere else they were sending me home because I had insurance and finally somebody said you should go to county like they're they're not going to send you home and I met a doctor there and I go listen it was a Sunday and I go if you send me home today I'll be dead in two weeks I had blood coming out of everything on me by the time I was 
Yeah, by the time I was finally diagnosed, I had gotten down to 67 pounds and blood was coming. It was just horrific smelling. But the thing of it is, like being in the entertainment and the media industry, you always find most, I mean, I find most of my friends do, you find a light that's there. You know, there's a light that says, Mm -hmm. and then I'm also a believer in God. So like you see, there's a light that's there. And I go, you know, God, wait a minute. They said, I've got six months to live. My son's only five. And God said, I don't want your life. I want your testimony. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. Now, you know, I still have potty mouth. I still have a lot going on. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I mean, we're all sinners when it comes to that. Trust me on that. We're not saints. Even even priests at times they're like, oh damn. Hey, potty mouth is therapeutic. It's therapeutic sometimes. They do say that the people that cuss a lot are the are the most uh, wisest and smartest. So there you go. Oh baby, I'm I'm wise then, baby. <laughs> Ooh, you you talking you talking to the wisest woman on the planet right now? Right? Oh, oh, oh no, you didn't. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> he just put you all blast right now. What are you talking about? Hey, but that's my girl. She that's my that's my girl. That, that she keeps it real though. That's what I love. That's the one. That's why I love Dobby so much because you know what? Um, you never have to worry about her being fake or, or talking behind your back. She's real. I mean, she has no reason to lie to anybody. And she'll tell you, like, look, I'm going to say how it is. And if you don't like it, well, <laughs> that's just how it is. And I love her for that because she's she's always 100. And that's that's what and that's what the show we try to make the show about. Uh, we keep it real. We keep it honest. And I think that's why people like us. And I mean, yeah, that's, you, that's, that's really rare to actually find anybody that's real these days, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's actually a treat, Bruno, that you found a person like Davi that has this type of a personality, this type of vision and this type, this type of, you know, this type of clout because, uh, because Davi, you do have a lot of that. And, and, you know, when you said that you have a very, you know, a very big personality, get out of here. No, you don't. <laughs> no, get out of here. You're so lying about that. I'm calling. <laughs> I'm calling BS right now on that because you have no personality whatsoever. It's dry. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm coughing. It's so dry. Okay. That's how bad the personality is. You know what, Xander, one of the things that, you know, Real Talk Real Women and Real Talk Real Women Live and then the men who serve them, you know, what this entire show is about and why Bruno and the other cast members stood out to me so much and why they were individually handpicked. And then we have some other people that are kind of supporting, you know, uh, cast members and everything. But the show is all about positivity and love. We, Of course, craziness, of course, fun. But the show is solely it was solely developed and created to be a positive vessel, uh, excuse me, vessel in the community and community. I mean, the world, I mean, to be positive. If you're inspired to write a book, you might see a book author there that talks about when they were living in their car and then they wrote the book in their car. If you're a cancer survivor, you may see us talking about how we fought through it. If you're a single parent, you may see a girl talking about how she made a, a private area in her kitchen for a workspace for her child during the pandemic. And one thing that people are calling us right now, they're calling us a historical show because we are dropped right down inside of the pandemic, you know, where the, the playing field has been even somewhat. The news channels all are doing the show on their shows on Zoom. We've got some of the major reality shows are doing on Zoom. You've got the different award ceremonies are doing the it's same. It's the new research. normal. It's the yeah. new normal. I mean, whatever the new, whatever that really means. People say, yeah, tell normal. me about it. I'm not getting accustomed to that mess, but that's exactly what the entire project is about. It's about how 
how do we make sure that we have a platform? There's a lot of trash talkers and that's all great. And that's all fine. But along with talking trash, we also want someone to be able to tap in where they actually say, wait a minute, I've evolved from watching this show. I've grown from watching this show and really where people feel they want to be a part of it. This isn't a show that's about us. It's about everybody in the world. Yeah. And that's, and you know what, that's important to have right now, especially right now. Like you said it, that, uh, you know, you you were, you started the show right smack dab in the middle of one of the world's largest pandemics that we've had in, in, in many years. Yeah. And, and you're doing a very successful job because you're getting a lot of viewers. A lot of people are, are definitely tuning in to the show. Uh, Thanks, I actually Andrew. was able to catch a couple of episodes and they're very interesting. The topics that you guys talked about. And I, I'm curious, let's talk a little bit about your other, the other members of the show. Who are the other members of the show? <laughs> well, we have Bruno, of course, which you know, who's on the line right now, who's not only a cast member, but one of my closest friends. I also call him my brother. We have her Hermosa Murray. That's right. Hermosa Murray is our girl next door. Just beautiful, lives in Michigan, engaged to the man of her dreams, soulmate, you know, understands what it's like to be a single mom, has a, just a great foundation, just beautiful on the outside and beautiful on the inside. Wouldn't you think so? Isn't she amazing, Bruno? Amazing and beautiful and yes. very, very, very nice. I love her. Well, I love everybody, but yes. she's very yes. special. She really is incredible. And then we have Kenya, Kenya Simone. Kenya is an amazing radio personality, a producer, already just iconic in the industry in Chicago. Done a lot of things. And along with that, Kenya is also an educator. So when I thought of Kenya, Kenya was actually one of the first hosts of Real Talk Real Women before we added the live and then the men who served them. She was one of the first hosts in 2009. We've done a tremendous amount of things. And she also was my son's teacher when my son was young. That's how we originally met. And she was one of the number one radio personalities in Chicago for many, many years. So I thought about Kenya. We have Africa Porter. Africa Porter, father was one of the mainstream um, pastors here in the city. He was one of Martin Luther King's best friends. March, Africa was raised in the movement, you know, just before the whole Black Lives Matters tag was added when we knew, because we know that Black Lives Matter, I believe that all lives truly matter. Someone might be get angry for me and say, that doesn't mean me I'm a black woman. That doesn't mean me excluding saying that I do truly believe if that we, if we can unite as one, as God wanted, then we would come together. But that's a different topic. Somebody might tune in and say, Oh my God, what is <laughs> about? What oh is, God, what is, here we go with the political stuff. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I try to stay away from that as much as possible on my yeah, show. You no, know, you're right. But I you know like, what? Oh, but, wow. but, but you know what though, Dobby? I mean, if you like, the thing is that's, that's again, we go back to my show, my rules. So, I mean, I'm always okay. With uh, with my guests wanting to express themselves during uh, an interview because that's that's what makes an interview truly uh, truly great is when my guests are able to go ahead and say whatever they want because they are free to do so as long as it doesn't offend anybody obviously oh sure but, no 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 but yeah, that's no, just no. the way it goes and when I said like I said I am an African American woman I'm a black woman so when I say that I am all about the Black Lives Matter movement and then again I'm just tapping on African Africa. So this isn't about the political thing. I just, when I say that, I do believe that we need to embrace one another as a whole. Mm -hmm. But, and then we have Marquise, Marquise Martin Hayes. Uh, Marquise was 
someone that I met back years ago that had a juice bar, kept in contact with me, saw that I was casting for the show, reached out. Again, I'm thinking as, and I'm, as I'm casting the show, I'm thinking about everybody. You think I've, I've got Bruno and then I've got, you know, the other, I'm like making sure that there's like just cohesiveness that I see amongst these people. And, and Marquise was, is all about health and, and all about fitness. And so I said, well, let's, let's create a, a name for you. Is there a doctor in the house? Marquise is not a doctor. Marquise is someone that has a lot of insight on what, you know, things that you should eat like Bruno does and, Mm -hmm. you know, exercise. He was a marathon runner, you know, he's doing all that. So that's his thought about him in that way. And then we do, you, you, you do have a doctor though. That's a part of the cast, right? Okay, well, we have an actual doctor that every that has not been introduced to the show yet, and that's Dr. Camilla Alfred. She was actually trained by Dr. Sabi. We have not introduced her yet. Our doctor, Marquise Martin Hayes, is not an actual doctor, but he's that's our that's our fun tag. Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> so okay. he's kind of our pretend doctor feel in a sense, but very insightful, you know, credible information, just amazing. And then we have Naughty girl, Nautica Taylor. We call her Naughty Girl because you never know what she's gonna say. Oh, you never yeah. know what she's gonna. Super spicy party girl, loads of fun, super cute. Everybody loves her and just fun. I've known her for a while. She's a great friend and just super exciting. We have our chef. We have a vegan chef that's incredible. One of my closest friends as well. He's a brother to me, like Bruno is, and just absolutely like amazing food, but just down to earth, understands it, been around, been around the block a few times. Like everybody has all these components, but the number one component that they have is passion and compassion for life and for others. So that's pretty much, yeah. And then we, we bring guest hosts in from time to time as well. But I mean, Xander, when I tell you that for us, just to say this, your show is so fun, so powerful, (laughs) so, so off the, yeah, I was listening to it too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes. No, and, you, and I was going to tell you, I love your new, your new, um, your new intro. Oh, yeah, it's really good. Where I was like, damn, this is, this is, this is on point right now. I love this. I, I appreciate that. I mean, that's high praise coming from both of you. I really do appreciate that. I'm, you know, I'm doing the best I can, you know what I mean? I got a couple of really wacky co-hosts that, that, uh, I adopted into the show. Um, I have, I have the Cali kids, Scott Jacobs that's on the show. And I also have a former actor from the TV show Growing Pains, uh, Jeremy Miller, that's also on the show. So we're we're doing the best we can. And and so far, you know, I'm glad that you guys have enjoyed it. But I mean, you know, going back to to the the two of you and and everything you guys have gone through, let's uh, first of all, I want to start off with, uh, well, I mean, Dobby, we, we talked a little bit about what you went through. Bruno, I want to I want to go to you because I mean you are the the definition of somebody that has come to La La Land to become an actor, and you have gone through your own trials, your own tribulations, to the point that you have been noticed and have become a spokesperson for men's cancer. That's a huge honor to have. I mean, how did you? How were you approached about this? You know, it's 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 like it's like Dobby was saying, like. I, I'm a believer in, in, in God and, and everything that I've gone through had, I didn't realize it then, but I I realized it later on that everything has purpose. I was diagnosed with cancer in 2003. Uh, I knew I had it, but I, I never really, I never really embraced it. And then when I, when I beat cancer, uh, 
I got, I got really heavy, almost 300 pounds. Wow. And then, you know, my marriage was falling apart. It was just, it was a dark time for me. And then just one day, you know, I, I was, I was pretty, I was, I was homeless actually. And I sat down and I, I meditated and I spoke to God and, and I, I had a revelation that my life needed to change. So I picked myself up. I decided to lose weight. And then during my transformation, you know, I went to an event cause I, I've always trained in boxing and, and, and I actually became a professional fighter through my yeah, journey. I, I actually, I actually <laughs> forgot to mention that part too, that Bruno Cobbles is also an ass kicker. I mean, <laughs> this guy, this guy, I would not like to mess with him ever in life. He's the nicest guy, I, but he could beat you down with your own broken arm that he broke off himself. Okay. That's I, I have learned through this process that, you know, and this is why my, my portion of this show is what's on your bucket list because um, before yes. cancer, I, I had no, I had no interest in doing anything. I don't know what my, I was lost, no direction. Once I beat cancer, I wanted to do everything. And so far I've pretty much yes. done everything. Like I lost weight. And then during my weight loss, I was at an event, a boxing event and a, and a publicist noticed me, introduced me to, to Bobby Chance's school through there. I, I got work commercials, parts, small parts in movies. And then, you know, I went to Chicago with my publicist introduced me to this guy, uh, Caesar out here. And then I became the first national spokesperson for, for cancer. And then once, once I met, I met up with the American Cancer Society at an event, you know, I got talking to them and they heard about what I had done and then they made me their, their national spokesperson. And I became part of the real men wear pink campaign. And it's just, it. It's, it just, it all began to snowball. And and, 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 and and it all started with fitness. That's why I'm such a hard believer that um, health is health is everything. Like you have to have health. And and I preach, I'm like, I don't believe in diets. I don't diet. I just believe in eating good, sleeping good, drinking enough water, being happy, being at one with yourself, being peace, meditation, all that stuff. And then once once you're at peace with yourself, it 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 exudes out of your out of your out of your being and people can notice it and people can see how happy you are and people want to be with you and approach you and and I believe that's how I've gotten to where I am today like I've never wanted to be an actor and all of a sudden I became one I never had intentions of being a national spokesperson and I became one and believe me when I tell you I was it was not in my cards to become a professional fighter and that even happened and everything has just been a blessing from God and and the but the biggest one was when the doctors told me I was never going to have kids and mm. my faith you know my daughter was born and I truly, and I tell, and I say this at every interview, I have everything I'm ever going to need in life. Everything else that God gives me is a blessing. So I never take nothing for granted. Everything that comes right. into my life, I appreciate it. I embrace yeah. it and I give it my 100. And I, be, and that's why with Dobby, I know that uh, my mission was to meet her because through her, you know, I, I always have peace. She always like when I, when I, when I need to get checked, she checks me <laughs> and, and she's, she's honest with me. She tells me and she keeps, and she keeps me happy. And, and now we have this show because I, I, I wanted to do a show, a bucket list and, and Dobby had this idea and, and she, she allowed me to incorporate it into, into the show. And I became part of real talk, real women live and everything like that's super I, exciting. I, 
Yeah. Yes. I, when I tell Super you excited. that I am so happy and so blessed right now, I, I could not be further from the truth. I have, I have the best life right now. I have to say. That's amazing, man. And, and to be honest, I mean, like it's an incredible journey that you've gone through, uh, that you both have gone through. Uh, and I, I, I want to ask Bruno, when you get in front of, of the cancer society and you, you speak to all these people that are looking at you, what's, what goes through your mind when, when you see all these, eyes, these people, some that are survivors, some that are going through it, some that have family that have gone through it or have passed away or anything. What, what goes through your mind? I mean, do you look back at what you went through and how you could have also been uh, a casualty of this horrible disease? The first time, um, the first time I got on stage, I had no experience uh, public speaking at all. And I remember the first time going on stage, um, I cried. I like literally started bawling in front of like at least 3000 people. And it, it was because when I went through cancer, I never really, uh, I never, cause it happened so fast. I, I was diagnosed. I was scared. I, I went to the hospital. They treated me radiation, all that stuff. So I never really got a chance to like really understand what was happening to me. And it wasn't until I got on stage for the first time and I was looking at everybody and I was telling my story and it, and it hit me like, as I was speaking, I'm like, Oh my God, like I could have, I could have died. I could have never been a father. Like all these things were happening to me. So then when I started crying, um, I started speaking to them and, and then all of a sudden I just felt this love and I, I cared about what happened to these people. And, and, and every time I go on stage and I talk to people, it's always the same thing. I have, I'm, I'm an empathetic person. So after, after each, every time I talk, people want to come talk to me and I just want to hug them and tell them I love them and, and keep their faith and, 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 it's because it's rough, bro. Like when I tell you, it's, I mean, Davi, you, you know, it's oh, the yeah, scariest. Absolutely. It is. It really is. It's when scary. someone tells you that, when yeah. someone tells you, when someone tells you that you could die and, and your life will be over and then you think about your life ending and then you think about the people that you're going to leave behind and then if you have kids you're going to leave them behind it's like the scariest thing that you could possibly ever feel so when, yeah, you, when you beat it, it when you beat it you, you, you feel like this you feel like this like this joy like I, I when, when I beat it and my daughter was born I felt this love and happiness that I've never felt before and, and I feel it every time I talk on stage because because I want everyone to be okay. I, I do. I cry all the time. I seriously you know, cry. All the time. You know, that's another thing that really uh, drew me to Bruno as well. Because when I was diagnosed with cancer, December third, two thousand two, you know, my mother and my grandmother had all already gone through cancer. My grandmother was a sixty-five year breast cancer survivor. Back before they really knew what it was, they removed her breast without really knowing for a fact that this what it what it was. Mm-hmm. And later on, they found it. And then I just lost my not just, but I lost my mother in two thousand seven to breast cancer, which came back out in her bones and her liver. But when my mother was first diagnosed originally in 99, then in 2000, I became a speaker and I became a volunteer at first for the American Cancer Society. I became a look good, feel better volunteer because I'm a three-time hair salon owner. And then when I personally got diagnosed, just fast forward in 2002, then I became, and actually I reached out to Dr. Sandy Goldberg here in Chicago, who at that time was and was a news anchor with NBC. And now she also has a silver lining foundation here, but she was doing a television show with the American Cancer Society. 
songwriting and we connected and I started doing the live television show with Sandy here. So we came on live once a week for the American Cancer Society. We had millions of viewers that were tuning in at the time. And then I started traveling around and speaking on stages for the American Cancer Society. I've spoken at women's conferences. I've spoken at different facilities in California. My main staple was in Chicago with ACS. I actually have done a few things in California, but just hadn't reached out completely. When I met Bruno, he was a survivor and then he was also connected with ACS. I go, this is a God shot. This has got to be, this mm-hmm. is my brother. This is my kindred spirit here. This is someone I need to connect with because he believes in what I believe in. When you get on that stage and I know I've seen Bruno do a lot of different things, but you know, when you have the kind of passionate heart that Bruno has, because you have to have a passion for others when you get on the stage so that you're not just up because you're not just talking when you're on the stage talking about cancer, you're sharing your life's experience. You're sharing what you really feel. And when he said like he cried, it's because it's emotional. Like he said, he thought about he couldn't have kids, but then he did, you know, you're up there sharing your true life story. And then you also are not sharing it just to be sharing it. You're sharing it that hoping that if there's someone out there that's either going through it currently, or if they've lost a loved one, I've never asked. I've, I've actually recently did something and I still was in California right before I left, but, and I asked, is there anyone, maybe there were about, I think it was the LA convention center. And it was before, before COVID I was, cause I, I got here in December and I asked, is there anyone in this room who hasn't, who either has been, has not been affected personally. They don't know of someone. Is there anyone here that doesn't have not one person that has ever been affected by cancer, whether it's them personally or friend or family member, raise your hand and not one single hand went up in that entire crowd. Not huh. one hand went up and either they knew someone, a family member, a coworker, or they had personally been affected. And, yeah. you know, when you think about right now where we stand with COVID-19, if anything that I would say, and Bruno and I, because we do have a personal relationship yeah. that goes beyond any television show, it goes beyond anything at all. We're both about our families. We're about love and compassion. Yeah. We both believe in God. You know, this pandemic, if anything, Xander, you know, it's, it's incredible that shows like yours and shows like Real Talk, Real Women Live and the men who serve them, it's incredible that shows like this are in existence because right now we need to stimulate one another in a positive way. Yeah. And for me, surviving cancer meant people loving me, people caring about me. I couldn't lift my head off the pillow, but people let me know they love me. We will get through this COVID-19 and mm-hmm. all of this pandemic if we love one another, if we care for one another, we will make it through all of this. And it's one of the reasons why being a survivor, it give, I mean, I lost, I was a multimillionaire in the real estate industry. And then we had a crash in 2008. Yeah. By the time 2012 came, I was flat broke. You know I mean? I didn't have any money because I was an entrepreneur and I didn't want to, you know, at that time I was trying not to have to do anything else, but um, it just, it, it takes positivity and positive energy, like what Bruno has and what you have Xander. And it's just, it, it takes that for us to continue to sustain ourselves. And you know what? I mean, I, I have to completely and utterly agree with you because I did a show back in, uh, back in March when the pandemic first started actually growing. And, uh, it was, a it was actually a special that I did. And I always bring this up because you, you brought up a very good subject about loving one another and being there for one another, especially right now. And in that particular episode, I, I, uh, I called it, uh, you know, coronavirus silver lining and mm. the silver lining to this episode was the so many things people were looking at this pandemic as nothing but just it's, it was all negative and at the end no. of the day you have to look at it you know what yes it's negative yes many people are dying yes it's a horrible horrible virus.
virus that has affected worldwide, economically, politically, everything that works. It's really, really screwed everything up for a lot of people all over the world. But at the same time, you haven't seen the good that this virus has brought, which is bringing people together, which is appreciating the things that we took for granted. Mm-hmm. Taking care of our yes, environment. Yes. Taking care of our environment. I mean, right after the pandemic st- uh, started, everybody was locked down. The in Italy, the 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 rivers of Italy, you could actually see at the bottom the fish. They were so yes. clean. Yeah. It was yes. no gondolas. There was no like man. Definitely has a negative impact yes. on the environment. And yes. all, of this, all of this, people needed to see. They needed to understand. And and sports, athletes, actors, everything. All these all these athletes and actors that pretty much played the game or acted for the money, not for not for uh, for the fans. Now understand, without fans, guess what? You got nothing. You're, yes, you're it humbled them exactly. So so all of this is something that I said on that podcast because it's the truth. At the end of the day, it's the truth. We're all in, and I always say this at the end of my podcast. I say we're all in this together. We're all yeah. one world. We yes. all have to have each other's backs every yes. single time. And that's what's most important. That's how we're going to get through everything because yeah. we're all human. We're all human. This is one planet. We're all in the same home. I mean, you know, this home gets cracked. We all go with it. Hey, Bruno, let me ask you a question because I want Xander to hear you talk about it. But like if okay. you had one thing that you wanted to see come out of um, something positive that you would think that would come out of this pandemic, what would it be? What would what would you say for yourself? Like, what's the one thing that you are, you might already see it happening or that you want to come that you want to see happen come out of this pandemic? Uh, I want people to start appreciating each other because you know before before covid um you know we were out on the streets but no one was really being nice to each other nobody was really paying attention to each other and then now we're forced to be in our homes people are always complaining that they're bored they got nothing to do and they miss social contact they miss you know i miss social contact i miss shaking people's hands i miss giving a hug you know right i miss i miss I miss hugging my sister. My sister won't even, she'll give me the elbow. And I'm like, you know. It's the simplest. And I'm like, yeah, the, the, the littlest things that we always took for granted, they're gone. And I'm hoping that once, once this COVID things end, you know, we learn to take care of the planet and we learn to take care of each other. Yeah. That's what I, that's yeah. what I want. Like I want my, cause I, I want, I don't want my daughter to be a product of COVID. I don't want her to yeah. grow up thinking this is the norm, that it's normal to wear a mask and be trapped inside your house and not to touch anything and not to touch anybody. I don't want that for her. I want her to be able to go outside and be able to communicate with everybody without being worried about, oh, don't talk to her or don't touch her. Don't Mm -hmm. like, I don't, that's the, that's what I want. You know, I, I I love that, Bruno. And I want I wanted to ask you that on Xander's amazing show because I know how you feel about that. And that's another level of connectivity that you and I have. Like what I'd like to see happen, and Bruno and I talk so much because again, for all your amazing listeners, and thanks so much for tuning in to the Xander Effect, guys. I know that Xander appreciates you. I know I do. I know Bruno does real talk, real women live and the men who serve them. Make sure for anyone that's tuning in right now that you check us out. Go to Instagram, Real Talk Real Women Live. Please check us out on Facebook, Real Talk Real Women Live. And then also we're on every single Sunday on Facebook Live at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, see, yeah, you're, you're getting a little ahead of me here. 
I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. But, but at any rate, just check us out. But what I thought about with the pandemic and what I wanted to see happen was very similar to what Bruno said. And that's that we go back to loving one another, that we yeah. go back to caring for one another, that, you know, you think about, you don't just step over the man that's outside and not check to see if, you know, if you've got a bottle of water in your car and extra stop and give it to somebody that might not have had any water in days. A mm-hmm. lot of in California, the homeless community is so large out there. Oh. Check, check on your family members. We know we have postal yeah. service issues right now. A lot of the elderly people are not getting their medicine. They're mm-hmm. not getting their social security checks. A lot of them don't have direct deposit. We've got to step outside of ourselves. The only way, in my opinion, only that we're going to get through this is that We've got to go back to just loving one another. Basics 101 love. Let's go back to mm-hmm. loving one another. Let's check on one another. I too miss hug. My my son's visiting and he's like, can I stay with you? I was like, I'll get you a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> Mama love you, but mama wow. can't take no chances. Wow. Like, it's true though. I was, yeah, I was like, I just, you know, because he's been traveling. He's either, that, either, that or, either that or tell him, you know what? Uh, I'll get you a hotel room for about 14 days or so. Stay quarantined for a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, no. Why, why do you need to come now, dude? No, in L. He's like, I'm staying with you. I'm like, no, you're not. But you know, and and that broke my heart to have to say that. My I'm my son's my only child, and and I love hugging him. And you know, 22 years old, that's still my baby. And so I just I wanted to ask Bruno that because I felt the same way, and I wanted your viewer to know what what we're about and and what we stand for. Well, I mean, and the thing is, is so true because I had uh, another guest of mine that was on the show. Uh, she's an incredible uh, singer. Uh, her name is Dovely. And she's an incredible artist, musical artist, beautiful voice, great music. And I had her twice on the show. The first time I had her uh, was back in, I believe it was like uh, March or April, right around that time, because she had just gotten over COVID-19. And oh, so wow. did her mother. Her mother had, had, had gotten COVID-19 and her mother got the worst of it. And oh, the thing is that her mother, uh, it was it was touch and go there for a little bit, like pretty much the oh, way God. she described it is that it was touch and go and what ended up happening was that they finally released her uh they they actually put her on hydroxychloroquine they actually put her on that and and it actually worked yeah it actually worked it it actually worked it actually the 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 medication actually worked for her uh and i'm by no chance i'm saying that it'll work for everybody so that's not what i'm saying but who knows everybody's different everybody's biology is different who knows i mean she might have worked with that but um, at the end of the day, uh, she recovered from it, and uh, she uh, she told me she said that her mother, like even after they got her out of the hospital, the doctors gave strict instructions that until she had the final symptom of COVID nineteen, she could not even hug her mother. Not even that. Yeah. She had to be rid of all the symptoms completely out of her system. And the thing is that her, they, they, uh, they live in a house and her mother was staying in her back house. And all she could do, she told me, was just put her food on the door and walk away. And then just, oh my see, God. Her, wow. just see her through, see her through the window and that's it. She couldn't go near her. It was so hard. She said, I was like, so, and then I had her. Uh, when she came back, I had her and I was like, so how is it like hugging your mom for the first time? She's like, oh my God, it was the 
best feeling in the world to be able to hug my uh, mom. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it's those little things. It's those yes. little things that yes. matter to so many people, like the little hugs, the little things. And it's so, and it's so tragic that we can't be in that world right now, but rest assured, we'll get through this. It will happen. Yes. We will get through this. We, we, you know, we're resilient race and yes. we will get through this. That's just the bottom line of it. I mean, will it take time? Of course, but of course we will also be better for this. We'll also learn lessons that need to be learned in this pandemic. That's the bottom line of all of this that we're, that we're going through. But yeah, I mean, I mean, going back to, to you, Davi here for a second. I mean, you know, with all the stuff that you've done, did you ever growing up, did you ever, okay. I mean, did you ever see yourself uh, going this type of route with everything that you've done? I mean, cause you started off in real estate. I mean, and, and then you veered out to so many other avenues of your life. I mean, what exactly when you were growing up, I mean, what exactly were you thinking about being when you got older? You know, actually, Xander, when I was a teenager, I was a professional model. I modeled in New York. I traveled out to California to model. I had done, I was always, I was, I'm tall. I was, I'm 5'10 now. I used to be 5'11. I'm starting to shrink already. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, just always had that. I had graced a lot of stages. My mother and my entire family had always had the mindset of just being supportive of your, of your children. Like whatever it was that you wanted to do. I come from a musically inclined family you know my my grandparents traveled the world as musicians and you know grandmother did some mentoring with Miles Davis and some other things so just a very strong positive family and actually straight out of high school I wanted to get into cosmetology but my mom said well you've got to go to college for at least a couple years get a degree in business and then if you do that because I actually wanted me to go to university straight out I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do exactly at that time I went back to school as an adult but I went and got a two-year associate degree and then I, I opened up my first cosmetologist, opened up my first hair salon when I was 22 years old. So, mm-hmm. and end up owning three salons and just my entire mindset is in my life has always been whatever it is that you want to do. Like even everything that I've ever done is all in the creative realm though. Even the real estate, like for me, it's like, I, it's not about making the money because I've been a multimillionaire with it. And then I've scraped by with it before, you know, I'm, I'm rebuilding right now, to be honest with you. I've always been able to help others, whether it was when I had a couple of extra dollars or when I didn't have any money, God always found a way for me to help others. But my mindset has always been whatever it is that you want to do, if you really want to do it and you believe in it and give it a shot. That's how my mother, my father raised me. You know, my mother was very, you know, big in the, the entrepreneurial mindset. Like I'm an entrepreneur period. Like I'm not waiting for someone to hire me. I will hire others. I will employ myself. You know, I'm not waiting for someone else to, you know, I'm not against people being employed by others, but I'm saying for Dobby Davenport, I am an entrepreneur. That's how I was raised. And that's what I'll be until I take my last breath. And that's, and you know what, that's, that's an amazing thing to, to, that's an amazing mindset to have because you you have to, and especially in this world, you have to have that type of mindset. So that's, that's, that's incredible. Thank you. That's incredible. Incredible stories from each of you. Now, now we have, you have this show, Real Talk Rule Women Live uh, and the men that serve them, that serve them. Um, what other projects are you both working on that, that, uh, that pretty much are you, you might be excited about? I mean, cause I mean, right now that we're in this pandemic, obviously we got a lot of time on our hands. So, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure there's gotta be something else that you guys are, you know, you, I'm sure that after the show's done, you're not twiddling your thumbs. You, you don't strike me as both of you don't strike me as those 
those types of people to go ahead and just be sitting around waiting until the next episode of the show. So what's going on <laughs> with everything? Well, I'm going to let Bruno take over, take over after I just mentioned this. But for me personally, I also, I, I'm, a, I'm a philanthropist. So, you know, I teach kids. I have a program called Today's Youth Talking. And I teach kids. I was one of the first organizations in the world to teach kids how to produce their own media content. So, you know, I, the program has actually been in some of Chicago public schools for years. We've been in Los Angeles public schools, you know, Hollywood High, Bancroft Performing Arts School, Crenshaw High. So, and I am the founder of that organization as well. And then, and then I have Davi Davenport Live. You know, Davi Davenport Live is, again, these people say, what is it about? It literally is all about love. You know, we travel around the world and highlight different things with people, interview people that are of interest, not just to, like I always say, everybody has a story. Everybody is a star. You know, there's always something positive can come out from anyone being interviewed. And so, you know, I pride myself in bringing people on to the show that are, again, going to add value, somewhat similar to some of the, the, the concepts of Real Talk, Real Women Live, but just all about like interviewing people that are going to add value to people's lives. Totally eccentric, a lot of fashion there, huge cooking element. You know, I'm really into the food aspect of healthy eating, healthy living. Bruno's getting me back into the exercise routine. So <laughs> that's helping go. a lot. I want to see, I want to see if I can do what he did with his body. If he can do what he did, I want to see if I can, because I always <laughs> yeah, had that together, but that's what's been on my, you know, I, I'm huge into, and then I have a 22 year old son. And I have to say for me personally, he's the apple of my eye. You know, that's my sweetheart. You know, that's, that's my guy right there. That's my buddy. So I'm super excited about everything that the future holds. Nice. Nice. And what about you, Bruno? What you got going on? Me? Well, I'm lucky enough to be able to have work out here in Chicago because I get to see my family. But I'm actually out here, uh, number one, to, to finally get together with the cast of Real Talk Real Women Live. Uh, I've only met them through Zoom, and now through this, I get to meet them in person. Social distancing, of course. Of course. And then I'm also... Of course. They're going to put you in a bubble. They're, they're going to put you right in a bubble right there. You're going to be the bubble boy of, of that episode at that time. <laughs> the bubble boy. For real. <laughs> and then um, a, a tech company out here based in Chicago called B-Tech, oh. uh, they, reached out, they reached out to me and, and we're actually in development. It should be done by the time I get back to California. A lifestyle and fitness app. It's going to be called Bruno's uh, Fitness and Lifestyle app. It's going to go live um, in a few weeks. I'm really yes. happy about that. Uh, I'm also here because... Uh, in Chicago, there's a boutique. It's called Chinelas. It's a it's a Latino based um, shoe company, and they're they're on Michigan Avenue. And this and they're coming out with a new men's line. And I'm gonna be the first male uh, uh, my, my first male model for the shoes. And they're actually gonna de design a, a California shoe for me. So that's gonna be pretty cool. Yes. And I'm also I was also made the 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 first ambassador for the first ambassador for um the Chicago Latino Film Festival. So they have an event coming up and I'm gonna be able to, to get with them and host it. And uh they actually gave me some homework. They gave me a link to their site. I have about 30 years or so of content to review. Nice. So I'm working on that. But yeah, everything's been, you know, this whole thing has given me an opportunity to 
to, to expand and do other things. And I'm really, really, really blessed to have all that stuff going on. Man, that sounds like both of you have so many exciting events happening in your life. I'm really happy to hear that, especially right now. I mean, you both are proof that the world keeps on turning. It doesn't stop just because of yes. uh, the virus or anything like that. So that's that's incredible. So I got to ask yeah. both of you, how can people stalk you on social media? Ladies, first, Davi, <laughs> you go ahead and tell me. You know, Xander, I want to say one quick thing before we get off, and that is for all of the parents that are out there right now that are home with your kids, I know that it may feel like it's a lot of pressure. First of all, my prayers are with you all, but this is an opportunity. I will tell you by my son being 22 years old, there's so many moments that I wish I could recapture because they they meant the world to me and they're so precious. You can't get that time back with them. I know it seems stressful, but if you can, try to just tap into all the beautifulness of it. And, and this is a time that you will look back later and say, wow, I, I'm so proud and so happy that I had that time with my kids. So I know that it's a lot, but I just want to put that out because I know there are a lot of amazing parents that are out there that have their backs against the wall. We're trying to make sure they make ends meet at the same time with taking care of their kids at home. So I just want to tell you we're proud of all you guys. But, um, you know, for, to reach out to us, you know, for me, I'm Davi Davenport. Reach out to Davi Davenport on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on Real Talk Real Women Live, guys. We are Real Talk Real Women Live on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, same thing. We are live on Facebook every single Sunday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and of course, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, guys. And then Davi Davenport Live. We would love for you to hang out. You know, we're part of the Xander Effect family. And another thing, Xander, you said you had that other person on twice. That means that you need to have Bruno and I on twice as well. We heard that, dude, okay? Oh, you know it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Don't think you're going to escape from that one. Don't think you're going to escape from that. Trust (laughs) you. You will be back. You're like the Terminator. You will be back. You'll be back. You'll be back. Yeah. So please, please check us out, guys. Like, for sure. Take it away, Bruno. Well, I'm Bruno G. Campos. You can find me on Facebook, Bruno G. Campos. And then on my social media, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Bruno G. Campos Official. I would tell you to find me on Twitter, but I don't use Twitter. I would tell you to follow me on TikTok, but I have no idea how to use TikTok. So just follow me on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> see, see, and I was going to go ahead and suggest that both of you need to go like, invest in a TikTok account because honestly, that's another great avenue to get a lot of people to go ahead and check out what you guys got going on. So Ooh, that's just okay. that's just you know a little friendly advice from your friendly neighborhood Spider Man over here. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna talk to my I'm gonna talk to my seven year old. Maybe she can teach me how to use it because I sure as hell don't know how to use that thing. You know that's the, that that's the crazy part is that the youth is the one that's actually teaching all of yeah. us how to use this. One hundred percent. Well, 100%. I mean. I got to say, thank you both so much. Dabby Davenport, Bruno Campos, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. It was a pleasure having you both on here. Make sure you guys catch their show, Real Talk, Real Women Live, and the men who serve them. Make sure you check that out, and I hope to have you both on the show again very soon. All right, Xander, you, we love you, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Love no it, thank you so much. Appreciate yep. it. No worries. We'll talk soon. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Thank you so much, uh, Bruno Campos and Davi Davenport, uh, for being on the Xander Effect. Incredible stories. Make sure you check out their podcast on uh, Facebook Live and a lot of other media platforms. Real Talk, Real Women Live, and the men who serve them every Sunday evening. Uh, so make sure you watch out for that. Incredible stories by by, and I keep on saying again, I keep on saying the word incredible because they are they are incredible. Uh, both of them, their stories 
he's just, you know, when you have one person that uh, went through cancer uh, the way the way Bruno did and the way that Dobby did, uh, when you have I'm sorry, when you have two people that went through that is just, and to see where they're at now, after all the battles, after all everything they went through. I mean, you're talking about Dobby taking care of her her family members that also went through the illness as well. I mean, this is just this is just this is just in, like awesome. It's awesome what what uh, what what they were both able to surpass and what they are now doing to serve other people. The resilience of the human spirit is just amazing, and to see two people go through such a traumatic experience um, and still rise above it, still achieve a level of success in their life and a happiness and a you know a family that they're still taking care of and yeah i mean that's just amazing it, it absolutely uplifts anyone who hears that oh most definitely and i mean they're both they're and they're both still are are, are doing the damn thing they're both you have uh, bruno that is a is a spokesperson for uh, men's cancer awareness uh you have dobby that's also a spokesperson for 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 cancer for cancer association as well um they're both still doing they're both still i mean uh, dobby's also a mother uh, her kids are all grown up but i mean bruno he's got he's got a little girl cutest little girl too and he's still raising her so this little girl's gonna grow up also seeing uh you know a very strong parent that doesn't give up and i'm sure dobby's children have also seen this uh with their mother a mother that you know surpassed uh, a very horrible illness so they're examples they're examples for many people that want to give up and they're examples of many people that say you know what we can't do this we can't do that well you know what they not only did it they're doing it so major props to both of them again check out their podcast really awesome podcast they have a lot of amazing guests on the show so check out a real talk real women live and the men who serve them in sports dana white reveals uh plans for a new ufc hotel for his fighters in las vegas so that's going to be interesting. He actually went ahead and uh, spoke to uh, to uh, he had a press conference uh, chatting about how he has a, a UFC apex uh, and how pivotal it's been for during this COVID-19 pandemic. He said, quote, the apex has been incredible. What we've been able to do during this thing has been unbelievable. I don't even know if you guys know this, but I'll F and tell you anyway. <laughs> Gotta love Dana. Uh, we just bought another 10 acres near UFC HQ will probably start building again next year. We're going to build our own hotel. Then we'll be completely self-sufficient. Obviously, with what's going on right now, having our hotel would pay for itself quickly. That That's just smart business. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I already know... I mean, it's it's a UFC hotel. Obviously, it's for its fighters, but you know they're gonna go ahead and book rooms for high high end people, people that want to go ahead and uh, stay at the same hotel where their favorite fighter is, and, and chance you know by chance bumping into them or something. You know that that's another reason why Dana White's doing this. Well, is that's that's where the dollar signs are gonna come. Exactly. From. I mean, that's you're not gonna make the money in the hotel by putting your own fighters up there and you know covering the costs because I guarantee you. 
his fighters aren't going to be paying for their rooms there. Of course. So, you know, he's going to have to find revenue. And I guarantee you that fans and like you said, especially high end fans, high end travelers who want to come in, UFC fans, fight fans. I think they'll have no problem selling that place out. He also said uh, he went on to say, quote, it would be more designed for fighters, just like the Apex is designed for fighters and putting on special events. This place would be designed exactly for what our needs are for hotel. I don't, I, again, you know, he's he's saying that it is for his fighters, but let's be real here. He's going to go ahead and make money off of just the, the regular Joe Schmo that wants to be in the same hotels as their favorite fighters. So that's just freaking smart. I can't see Dana White turning down the dollar signs. I mean, now that especially, especially since, okay, so we all know COVID-19 is not going to be around forever. Eventually there's going to be an end to it. And when that happens, all these businesses are going to go freaking bananas, booming. Like there's going to be overbookings left and right of people that, you know, have been cooped up and want somewhere to go. I mean, and, and then on top well, of look that. What happened, I mean, look what happened when they opened. I mean, even with the restrictions, every, I mean, they were packing into the casinos in Vegas in those first couple of weeks when they fully opened. You know, people went nuts. People have been cooped up. People are looking for anything to get out. And, you know. It, it went crazy, even in the middle of the pandemic. So I guarantee you, when we get through this, Vegas is going to see money they haven't seen in a very long time. Well, that and don't forget the new stadium, the new Raiders stadium is lo- along with it. Oh, yeah. No, this is the Vegas is going to be definitely booming because Vegas has lost a lot of money during the pandemic. So they're definitely going to recover a lot of it once uh, once everything reopens and once everything gets back to normal, whatever that is. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it could be the bounce they need. I mean, Vegas has been struggling for quite a while, actually. You know, the casinos were overbuilt for a long time and there were just too many rooms and too many, you know, overall, the casinos have been losing, not losing money. I mean, casinos generally don't lose money. I mean, they're... I'll leave that alone. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, Vegas overall, the casinos have not been doing for 10 years now solid what they used to. And it's been hard on the city. So I think this could be that savior, you know, that bounce after everything could really revive that town. Well, we'll definitely, I'm, I'm looking forward to see exactly what the design of the hotel is going to be. And if the, if obviously, I'm, I'm almost 100% positive that they're going to have a pool. If they have a pool, you know they're going to have parties at this pool. So they're, oh man, that's just, that hotel is going to be bananas. It, you know, Dana White, of course, as smart as he is, designs it correctly. That place is going to be party central in all of Vegas. And that's just that. I, uh, yeah, I actually would love to go check out that hotel. I, but yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll figure that out. Anyways, in other sports news, uh, Jeremy, you're going to love this one. UCLA starting offensive tackle Jake Burton transfers to Baylor in hopes of playing this fall. Uh, former, uh, this is according to uh, CBSSports.com. Quote, former UCLA offensive lineman announced on Twitter Tuesday night that he will transfer to Baylor and first-year coach Dave Aranda. Uh, Burton started 23 of the last 24 games, but will head to Texas after the Pac-12 canceled the Bruins' season. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. me, and, and you know, 
what? Well, I understand well, them wanting well, to play, and I understand him transferring to go. That has well, nothing to do. I'm being nice. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. With UCLA. Hold on, hold on. Before you go any further, he went ahead and he said, "Quote: uh, I wish to thank God and my family for all of the love, guidance, and support uh, they have given me during my time at UCLA. I was looking forward to finishing my college career with my Bruin teammates. Due to circumstances beyond anyone's control, that is not possible this year. After much." though, uh, I have decided to enter the portal in hopes of gaining the opportunity to play football this fall. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, I have to say, I mean, just, here we go. you know, here's here's where I, <laughs> you know, throw in the, the little here dagger for you. Yeah. You know, you don't see a lot of Trojans running away. Oh, you, what you what you see is them bonding together as a team and oh, saying, God. you know what? This is something we can't do anything about. We're going to train even harder. We're going to be even better and we're going to come back next year and we're going to crush it. That's what real champions do. Wow. We as fans tend to hold these kids to a, a, a loyalty that we have. They have to look out for their lives and that makes complete sense. I mean, especially look at the seniors or the juniors who were looking to come out this year, make a statement and come to the draft. A lot of these kids are coming up. They don't have a lot. Their families don't have a lot. This is their opportunity to provide. I understand that 100% completely completely and you cannot fault a kid for wanting to do that not yep. one bit and in a completely unrelated topic jeremy miller will be disappearing very soon um <laughs> out of nowhere i have no idea where he's gonna go but rest assured we won't be seeing him for a while yep. it's gonna be it's gonna be like the thanos snap all of a sudden I'll, you'll just see the dust and the Folks, you heard it here if I disappear, you know who to, who to point the finger at. Yeah, hey, Thanos, point it to Thanos. We have no idea how you disappeared. He just snapped the finger wow. and poof, you were gone. In other, in other sports news, well, the WWE has decided to create a Thunderdome type of uh, atmosphere in their arena, seeing as the COVID-19 pandemic has not allowed any fans to do any live sporting events or anything like that. And, of course, these wrestlers, they need some sort of, I guess, uh, inspiration to keep going, I guess. So the WWE decided to do a, a Thunderdome with virtual fans. Well, not necessarily virtual fans. They're kind of like uh, a, a bunch of different windows with a bunch of different fans. And it just so happened the fans uh, spotted a couple of very sickening images on live TV that the WWE didn't catch. For example, one of them had to do with a fan wearing a KKK outfit uh, during a wrestling match you could see it in the background and another fan had some had was playing the uh, beheading of uh, of prisoners by uh, by uh, by terrorists i mean this is like how in the world did they miss these these images this is crazy what happened in, in during a live show uh, with the WWE. People were tweeting about it. So it's really hard to police it with this new streaming platform and what we're dealing with right now. Doing the show, when we were doing Growing Pains, we had the sensor, network sensor, who was on set once a week to watch our run through. And the very next day, we would get a ton of notes and changes if something was some, you know, not going to pass their, you know, their muster. And it it happens every day. You rarely see something slip by the sensors. These people are fastidious at picking out every detail for a, a performance, whether it's live or not. It's one of the reasons why we have the 15 second delay now on live performance.
performances on regular television from the, you know, Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake debacle on the Super Bowl. Um, that was fun to watch. <laughs> it was it was definitely interesting. But, you know, this this new media platform does not really allow for that. So what do you do? It's crazy because it's almost like it's funny because it's almost like a where's Waldo editing. They got to find. OK, find the find the obscene gestures. OK, there's one. Find the obscenities. Find find the the you know the offensive material. Okay, there's one. It's like, whoa! How much money are you getting paid to find Waldo right now? I mean, you know, that's pretty much how to. I think, to be honest, I think they they uh, they might have thought that they could police it better because back when uh, during the Attitude Era, as you as you probably saw, there was a bunch of fans with signs that were offensive, and you had security go up and down the stands and make sure that uh, no signs were offensive when they when the camera would pan to that you know general area where the fans are, and if they were, they had a thirty second delay where they could cut that portion out. This not so much, but at the but the but at the same time. Uh, from what I've been from what I've been reading online, it seems that uh, a lot of the wrestling matches have been uh, pre-recorded. So for the, if if this isn't like they used to say it was live, but some people were like, it's not really live. It's it's pre-recorded uh, a few hours ago, but it's not live. So if this is the same case where they're saying it's live, but it's not really live, then that's even worse. Because so it's absolutely mean, worse because you have an opportunity to catch it. But you know what? I mean, I have a very strong feeling this doesn't going to be the first time that a screw up like this is going to happen. I can tell you a judge in Florida actually issued a um, not a verdict, but a mandate that all lawyers on Zoom trial conferences have to be wearing pants. These lawyers were actually showing up to trial with a judge and sitting there in no pants. I mean, how in the world are you going to tell if the guy's wearing pants or not? I was like, I can see it in your eyes. You're not wearing pants. Like, really? Uh, I don't know. I think they just had too many people forgetting they weren't wearing them and standing up and doing other stuff. Uh, coming up next in video game news, Mafia gets a preview of pretty much the new uh, the Mafia trilogy that, that is out now. And man, it's, dude, that game looks freaking good. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up next. But first, here are the twins, Que Me Gusta, right here on the Xander Effect. Tell you no, no Cause boys never felt so right I just 
This is Larry Neymar, the founder of E! Entertainment Television. Hi, this is Marisela Cornejo. Hey, how's it going? This is Polo Molina. Hey, yo, what's up? This is the Xander Effect, and I am the DJ KID, the Chicken Creek. Welcome to the place to be.
was Dovely's Be About It right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, we all know, because I actually reported about this uh, a few months ago about the Mafia Definitive Edition. It's got all three Mafia games coming out. And of course, the, the final one uh, is set to be released actually September 25th on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. So far, they have uh, they have the other Mafias, Mafia 3. Well, Mafia 3 already came out for Xbox One a while ago. Uh, and then they have uh, Mafia 2 out right now. So, I mean, I'm excited for it because, um, you know, Mafia 1 uh, is going to be an incredible game to, to, to play. They, they're enhancing a lot of the they're, – they're actually adding up from what I understand. They added, they're adding story mode, uh, uh, more story. They're expanding on the story. Uh, they're also adding, obviously, better graphics. And, man, I, I, played, uh, I played Mafia 1 – Back in the 360. I never got a chance to play Mafia 2, though. And, of course, I have Mafia 3. So I skipped the middle one, so I got to go ahead and get the middle one. But, man, I just love those stories because the last Mafia game that I played was The Godfather, and I think that was for PS3. And that, the Godfather trilogy was, I loved it. I just loved the, the trilogy for, for the Godfather uh, because they put it all in one in one game, the Godfather trilogy all in one game. And uh, then they came out with Mafia. And I was a little hesitant at first, but then I played the first one. I was like, whoa, this game is actually really cool. It's got an original story to it. And it's, I love open world games. I just love open world games. And I know, Jeremy, you, you've played this game, right? I absolutely love the Mafia series. I The only one I haven't played yet is the third one. I loved Mafia 1. It hooked me. And like you, I started with the Godfather games, Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 um, on the Xbox 360. And they were great games. But one of the things I loved, and I'm not going to say too much since you haven't played the second Mafia game, is that the second Mafia story is... Let's just say things don't go well. It does not glorify the mob experience in any way, shape, or form. If you recall from Godfather and most of those other genre of games, mm -hmm. you know, you spend your time working your way up to the top and, you know, things work out for you in the end. Um, Mafia 2 is a much more realistic look at what that type of life turns into very quickly, more often than not. And it was a really unique take on the story aspect of that type of game. Wow. So even beyond the genre, even beyond the open world, um, which was just awesome, especially they expanded on it in you know, Mafia 2, getting to explore Empire Bay, this fictional New York-style city. It's a very cool game. Lots of opportunities for gunplay and fun driving scenes and all the stuff you love about those games. But that story, there's nobody who could say that glorifies mob life in any way, shape, or form. And I really like that aspect. It made it a very unique story. Jeremy, you got to play Mafia 3. It was in, like, that game is freaking awesome. The storyline everything it's just amazing i mean no, i absolutely can't wait actually uh the reason i was holding off is because i wanted to get the definitive edition yeah yeah smart smart if i would have known that this is going to happen i would have just got the definitive edition you know along with mafia 3 you know there's that there's the old uh, 1940s aspect 
that I love because I, I love that era. I love that whole entire uh, Prohibition era. It's just an, like, I don't know why I've always, that's the reason why I love watching Boardwalk Empire. Uh, that that TV show is just, it's all about that era and that's the reason why I love watching it. But uh, being able to actually play a character in that era is a treat for me. And uh, yeah, I think that this game is definitely going to definitely going to have a lot of people loving it. Uh, again, it comes out September 25th, Xbox One. That's going to be uh, Mafia One. Mafia Two and Three are already out right now. Uh, those are actually already out right now. So uh, people go ahead and purchase it at uh, on the Xbox store, PS4 store, wherever, uh, PC, because uh, those are already out there. But uh, yeah, according to IGN, uh, according to uh, according to um, one of the posts on IGN by Ryan McCaffrey, he says, "quote From the super detailed character faces to the gorgeous rain effects to the overall look of Lost Heaven, the Prohibition era Chicagoish metropolis uh, the game takes place in, Mafia looks stellar most of the time. Which the Disney California Adventure soaring around the world style intro fly through of the city does a great job of showcasing." Uh, he says that there are some imperfections, some last gen lighting still jarringly jumps out on occasion, but by but by and large, Mafia looks like a brand new 2020 video game. So, and I mean, it's obviously there's going to be some glitches here and there. I mean, the game came out a few years ago, pre uh, Xbox One, obviously. So there are going to be a few you know glitches here and there, but for the, the fact of the matter that the rest of it, that's, that's about the only problem with it that tells you a lot about how awesome this game is going to look when it uh, when it's released and i have to say one of the things i'm really looking forward to is they are reinstituting i I can't remember the name of the mode that they call it but basically it's a full realism mode that was available in mafia one where the police react exactly as police would this is not gta you do not get to just drive around and hit other cars and whatever (laughs) they are literally making it to the point where if you run a red light a cop pulls you over and you have to pay the fine or go to jail and that's something it lost in the second one and i heard in the third one that was an original idea they had done in the first one and they scaled it back so apparently in all three now you will be able to play with that realism mode that's cool, and they got, and I think they got that idea from another uh, old game from the from 360 called Driver, because Driver had that same. Oh, that Driver same. was like. Yeah, Driver was awesome for exactly that reason. Yeah. It's so realistic with the driving, you know, the response of the AI was very realistic to the things you did. Yeah, exactly. You run a red light, all of a sudden, the cops are right there. It's like right behind you, chasing you down or whatever. So that's that's one of the things I liked about Driver as well. They need to remake that one, too. They they, they That was actually a really good game. That one, and there was another one that came out. Just in- as long as they make it, they can't. Please, please, if they make it, just change that opening qualification thing you had to do. You remember <laughs> driving? I mean, that thing took hours just to get out of the opening training sequence. Yeah, it was it was kind of a pain in the ass. I'm not going to deny that. But there's another game that I actually, I, for, to this day, I've been wanting them to go ahead and like remake it or 
do a continuation of it, which is True Crime Streets of L.A. I love that game. It's it's so funny because whenever I was driving through the streets of L.A., I was like, oh, I know this this street because I know them. I know all these streets like the back of my hand because, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm from Los Angeles, so I know them. But I've, I've been wanting them to do a remake of that game for the longest time, and they never did. They just did that one, and that was it. And I'm like, come on. Uh, don't be That too- would be an incredible. It would be an incredible one for them to do a continuation on because getting to for anybody who grew up in L.A. or has lived in L.A., that was a very nostalgic, very cool game. Getting Mm -hmm. to drive through, you know, 1940s Los Angeles. But well, no, true crimes actually took place. uh, True crimes took place in in, uh, today. Oh, true. Okay, which one am I thinking of? Oh, I was thinking of L.A. Noir. I was, no, I was thinking of L.A. Noir. Oh, L.A. Noir, yeah, dude. I was thinking of L.A. Noir. Well, they kind of, Rockstar did kind of bring it back, but uh, they brought it back not not necessarily uh, as a remake, but they brought it back. Uh, they just brought it back. <laughs> you know, they they did it. Uh, they did a uh, uh, um, uh, reverse um, backwards compatible. That's what they did, and which was so stupid because they did backwards compatible and they charged people thirty two dollars for it. It's like really, you're going to charge thirty two bucks for this game? I mean, it came out a couple of years ago. I mean, but still, I I had it already. So I was like, I don't need to buy it. I already have it. So I'm fine with it. Um, But yeah, Eleanor, I got to agree with you. Like going, uh, you know, going through the streets of Los Angeles back in what was it? 1930s, 1940s, 30s or 40s. Yeah, because it was the Black Dahlia murders. That's yeah, dude. I actually replayed that game again because I loved it so much. And uh, it's, you know, like I, for some reason to this day, I always, I always uh, think that the guy that played the detective, he kind of looks like, uh, he kind of looks like the dude from the Godfather, dude. Robert, Robert Duvall kind of looks he like does a, have a little. Robert- yeah, he looks yeah, he like does. him. I thought it was him at first. Is this Robert Duvall that's like doing this 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 uh, character? Because it looks a lot like him. <laughs> His face looked a lot like him, like how he looked in The Godfather. He looked exactly like Robert Duvall. But yeah, no, it's definitely um, it, those games. They need to, you know, I mean, True Crime, Streets of L.A., that one. I love that one. Uh, also, because of the soundtrack, they had an amazing soundtrack. But I mean, going back to Mafia, I think Mafia is definitely uh, the definitive edition is definitely going to be uh, an exciting game to play. I'm looking forward to uh, replaying the first one when it comes out September 25th. And uh, yeah, part two, that one's still on my radar. So I'm definitely going to play that one. Uh, we'll, but we'll see what happens. Thanks so much for listening to Xander Effect. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Wanted to go ahead and thank her, uh, you know, uh, this guy right here, Mr. Jeremy Miller, Mr. USC, Mr. You know, he's not right gonna- on, baby. Yeah, whatever. I don't like, I, I, you know what? I hate him. So- <laughs> <laughs> I've done my job. <laughs> yes, you have. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh, remember, there's still a pandemic out there. We're still not out of the woods. We're getting out of the woods little by little, but uh, it takes everybody to, you know, continue to cooperate. Make sure you wear your masks. Make sure you social distance is very important. Wash your hands. Remember to practice general hygiene, you know, sanitize them, wash them, whatever you got to do to try to go ahead and, you know, lower the cases of the pandemic. And remember, music always, always heals all. We'll see you next time. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, open that mouth. Yeah. 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 Yeah
Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and BMG Bertelsmann, in association with Art19 Media.